This is the Brisnet.com call-in show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Now, here's Bobby Newman and James Scully. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with James Scully, your hour. HRRN Nation to talk about whatever you'd like in this world of thoroughbred racing that we love so much. The number to get in, 888-966-4776. That's 888-966-HRRN. James, glad to be back in the co-pilot seat with you, my friend. That's right, Bobby. At last two weeks, um, you know, it was we uh, had Bob Nastanovich and myself had a good time. Uh, we had a real busy weekend two weekends ago. Last weekend was a little bit slower, but uh, we got a really big weekend, at least for a Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oaks hopefuls at the fairgrounds, uh, really a stakes packed program. So lots to talk about the races at fairgrounds and, and anything anybody our callers want to. So be, be sure to give us a call this evening. Okay, so you mentioned that last weekend was kind of a, a light one, especially as far as the uh, the three-year-old stakes are concerned. So let's just quickly recap what we saw last weekend. There was just one points qualifier on the road to the Kentucky Derby, and that, of course, uh, was the Sam F. Davis at Tampa, the uh, traditional stepping stone to the Tampa Bay Derby at Tampa Bay Downs. It's a race that uh, we all thought locked for trainer Todd Pletcher would run in and be solidly favored. Unfortunately, uh, he uh, allegedly had a little bit of a fever and missed a little bit of training. And because of that, he did not run in the race. And that left the door open for no more time in Paco Lopez to get out in front of the field and just keep on going. No more time was coming off a trouble-filled fifth-place finish in the Mucho Macho Man in his previous start, and there were obviously betters that were very savvy out there. Despite the fact that he was 10-1 to 1 on the morning line, they were having none of that. He was actually sent off the mild favorite at 3-1 to 1 and uh, looked very, very good in winning the Davis and getting those 20 derby qualifying points. Yeah, he definitely uh, he definitely won it. I thought uh, you know got a front running trip. Uh, and you're right in the mucho macho man, he uh, definitely had a trouble beginning. I will say um, I'm glad with the, you said with uh, locked uh, supposedly had a fever because I thought that might be it, and maybe it still is. But I'd like to see him come back to the work tab. I'm, I'm starting to get a little worried about him. Uh, as far as uh, no more time. I, I really thought the, the complexion of the race changed a little bit, turning for home. I changed the command, and, and West Saratoga were up there running on the front end with him, and changing command get, started to give way on the far turn, and I thought West Saratoga just backed out of it, straightened him in, in the top of the stretch. That left him on a big lead. He ran well to uh, hold off Hackett Row, but I thought that the runner-up had a terrible trip. He was way too far back early in that that race, and still had a ton of work to do. Like you know, midway, uh, leaving the far, even leaving the far turn, and I thought he ran really well for second. But I am a little bit dubious of the winner at longer distances. I certainly respect him for Jose D'Angelo at, uh, at middle distances, you know, one-turn distances, but um, you know. I look at this race and star this weekend, Bobby, and I, I could make an argument like, you know, six, seven, eight horses in there would have had a big shot in that Sam F. Davis. I don't know if that race is going to have any impact on the Kentucky Derby. No, it may not, but uh, there are certainly horses that could come out of that race to run in the Kentucky Derby. And uh, either way, I mean, no more time can only do what he is asked to do, and he did very well in winning the Davis. We'll see if he comes back in the Tampa Bay Derby on Saturday, March 9th. Let's go out to the phones. Patrick in Kentucky. You've got Bobby and James on the brisnet.com call-in show. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Well, Thanks for calling. you you say you enjoy chaos. You're going to get the chaos derby this year. Um, I love chaos, Patrick. As long as it does not directly involve me or my loved ones, I've got no problem with that. It's You know what? Because chaos makes things interesting. And as of now, as far as the derby and the Oaks are going, things are certainly getting interesting with the fact that Bob Baffert has some very talented males and females out in Southern California that won't be making the trip. 
That's right. And um, I, I believe for, for CBI it was twofold. Obviously, the embarrassment of the bad press that brought the Derby. And I get that. The, I think the second part is they thought that they could kind of wound Baffert to, you know, two years away from the Derby. They figured um, a lot of owners aren't going to want to not participate and they'll just migrate to other trainers, which didn't happen in terms of them not giving him the horses. You know, they would take them away temporarily. And then the other thing is they 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 kind of make it a, um, you know, they don't want trainers with the cloud of, of the sort of um, positives. But this last week, there was a trainer who was suspended by HISA for two years that raced at the fairgrounds. So if you can explain to me, and, and I, I know the reason is because in Louisiana, they're uh, appealing HISA. But why would Churchill allow a suspended trainer under HISA to participate at one of their tracks? Well, first of all, that's a tremendous question, Patrick. And we appreciate your call. And Patrick's talking, of course, of Jonathan Wong, who uh, was the leading trainer in Northern California year after year and uh, got in trouble recently. It came out that one of his horses tested positive for a drug called metformin, which in humans is used to treat diabetes. I don't, I don't know what it does as far as helping or not helping the performance of horses, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's on the list that they're not allowed to, they're not allowed to have it. Uh, so it doesn't matter whether it helps or not. They're not allowed to have it. He got caught. Apparently, uh, went, uh, there was an arbiter who heard everything. And for lack of a better way of putting this, James, she didn't believe much of what Jonathan Wong was saying. I guess his story kept changing and changing, and none of it was really all that believable. And the suspension was held. And this is a HISA suspension. He is barred from racing at any HISA-mandated racetrack for two years and fined $25,000. But as Patrick in Kentucky brought up, uh, HISA is not adhered to slash recognized in the state of Louisiana. Uh, they do not, uh, at, they, they do, they think it's unconstitutional. They don't want to deal with it. So, uh, they, they deal with the ramifications of not, uh, being part of the HISA crew, if you will. And, uh, they do their own thing, but it means that a trainer like Jonathan Wong is eligible to run in, in the state of Louisiana. Now, his question is, why would Churchill Downs, who is so quick on the trigger to disallow people from running at their tracks, not just Baffert, but remember Safi Joseph, they barred him from their tracks when they, were, when they weren't sure what was going on with his horses, turned to be nothing, turned out to be nothing, things like that. Why would they allow him to run at the fairgrounds? Now, I don't want to put you in a bad spot, James, because we know that you work for Churchill Downs. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think know. it's a I very mean, good I, question. I don't know. I'd... I think I it's a very good question. The, I, I hear you, Bobby. I don't know the uh, details of the uh, Jonathan Wong situation. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to comment on it. I mean, thanks, Patrick, for the call. I appreciate all those points. Uh, I encourage everybody to call in and, and bring up those points. I will just say, I mean, Churchill has two flagship races. I mean, they're the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. They're building towards them each year. And, uh <clears throat> You know, Baffert had positive tests in back-to-back years in those races. We could mean a Medina spirit. So I, I don't think you could bring up the one without the other. Uh, and I think, you know, I mean, this year is this year, but it is a little bit different than last year or next year. And then that it's the 150th running and they're having a big celebration and they're opening some, you know, a brand new building and paddock and facility and, so I, I do think this year is being viewed under a special circumstances that like last year or next year aren't. And I also think that like as far as the situation stands right now, we could make, you know, definitely some positive uh, predictions about Nysos and he could be a superstar. And, you know, we'll see Sierra Leone that has a, a little bit of a big uh, buzz surrounding him, a, a $2.3 million uh, cult that just looks like a, a, a beast every time you see him physically on the track. But uh, I would all I would also say it's mid February. I mean things change and they they can change dramatically over the months. So we still got like more than ten weeks to go. So I'm not going to get too excited. 
you know, or make too many definitive uh, pronostications about uh, the first Saturday of May uh, in, in mid-February, Bobby. No, and I pre- we appreciate the call, Patrick, and the long and short of that, that answer is that, um, listen, maybe Churchill was waiting to find out the full, you know, the full results or hearing from the arbiter before they do something. I, just because they haven't done anything yet doesn't mean that they won't do anything. But, yeah, it is interesting um, that he is allowed, to, you know, that, that these tracks are uh, who, you know, that a place like Fairgrounds that is owned by Churchill where Jonathan Wong would not be allowed to race. Now, the, he's not barred from Churchill. He's barred, you know, Heisa is the one who has barred him from running at any of the tracks. So that may be the little bit of a difference there. But it is a great question, Patrick, and we appreciate you calling and asking. Let's go out to the phones. David in Richmond, home of the Spiders. You've got, you're on the brisnet.com call-in show. Hey, guys. Yeah, we actually uh, – I took the family to the game last night. They lost. Well, that's that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, they 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 win some of the time, they lose some of the time. It is what it is. Yeah. So, oh, jumping back into this, um, Bob Baffert and um, Churchill Downs. I guess my thing is with horse racing. We're trying to draw fans. We want to have a lot of attention on the sport. So, what has transpired is Bob Baffert. I mean, everyone would agree would probably has the best three-year-old in the country. But Churchill Downs, most people would agree, just because of spite and whatever else, won't let Bob Baffert run the horse. Then you get the owners who are being commended for their loyalty to Bob Baffert. So the best three-year-old, because of the loyalty, doesn't run in the – Kentucky Derby and can't win the Triple Crown, which would bring in more fans. Then you have Bob Baffert, who could take the high road and say to the owners, hey, guys, I think this is the best three-year-old in the country, and I think it could win the Triple Crown. So I'm going to step back after the Kentucky Derby. If you would like me to train your horse again, I will. But I'm just going to have to take a leave from training this horse because for the good of the sport and taking the high road, I want this horse. I think it has a chance to win the Triple Crown. But the reason all these people don't do that is because of greed and ego. So the horse, all so the fans and everyone else suffers. I'd like to have your. I'd like to listen to your guys' opinion on that. Well, first of all, David, I appreciate. It. Don't go anywhere yet. I have a question for you. In you sound like somebody who has been a fan of this game for quite a while. Yes. Can you name me what is the last thing you remember where somebody has done something in this sport for the good of the game and not for money? Exactly. So here, here's a comparison. If Patrick Mahomes is, if Andy Reid was suspended by the NFL and couldn't coach, if his offensive coordinator was suspended, couldn't coach, and the quarterback coach was suspended and couldn't coach, would Patrick Mahomes then say, well, I'm not going to play in the Super Bowl. No, of course not. He would still play. And that's the difference between horse racing and these other sports. It's the ego of Bob Baffert, the ego of Churchill Downs, the ego of the owners. Well, you're not letting my trainer. Give me a break. You're telling me there's not another trainer that could train that horse for three months or two months or whatever. It's unbelievable. You can't make it up. Well, I appreciate your call, David, and it's a touchy subject, James, because, you know, whether or not you think that other trainers could do the same kind of – if we just assume that obviously whatever Bob Baffert is doing with his training regiment and he and his team is working, that other trainers have not been able to do that. I mean, he, there have been over the last couple of years people who have given their horses – two other trainers and the fact of the matter is for the most part they have not run as well as when Baffert and his team were involved now uh so so it's different and I don't know what Bob Baffert has to do with this if if it's his choice and I don't I don't think I agree with the part David where you mentioned that he should go to his owners and basically just say I'm not training them you need to send these to another trainer 
uh, for a chance to win the Triple Crown. Listen, these are these owners, for the most part, are people who have been in the game for many, many years. They are people that are, I would assume, for the most part, fairly savvy. They are certainly fairly wealthy. They are capable of making their own decisions. And this is the decision they made. And whether we think it's the right decision or not, I mean, I, I, I smile and I, I laugh a little bit at it because I would not have expected this. My guess is, James, that the brass at Churchill would not have expected that every owner for Bob Baffert would forego a chance at winning the Kentucky Derby. Um, and that's what's happened. I, I mean, it, it's, it's well, just strange. I will, I will, I will just say that, uh, you know, two years ago he was suspended, so he didn't have any horses to transfer. And then last year, the uh, day for him to uh, transfer his horses by was like February 28th at the very end of like, uh, this month. And this year, that day was moved forward to January 29th. So by that date, Nysos had hadn't run into Bob Lewis and it was just so early in the year, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, a person could have made a prediction that like Nysos has a legitimate chance, you know, to win the Derby and in, in mid January, but it was still like, it was still like a, such an early decision this year. I could understand, you know, the owners and, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I work for Churchill Downs. I'm not going to agree with the, all of David's points, but I love his enthusiasm. And, you know, I don't mind people. I, I, I like seeing people get excited about horse racing. So, um, you know, uh, thanks for calling, David. All I can say, James, is I wish you were on the presidential ballot next time. You fit right in with whoever is running, pal. You, it is, I love listening to you speak. It's basically like watching a presidential debate. Well, I'm just, I'm learning, you know, heck, uh, you know. <laughs> all right. It's like uh, a all, first all, for me, Bobby. <laughs> all, all seriousness, I, I love it. Okay. Uh, we've got callers on the line. I have to take a break right now. Please hang on. We'll get you right after the break. This is the brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call, call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, sire stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And, of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Noontime Spender. 
Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. First bed, uh, sorry, brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Bobby Newman, James Scully, phone number to get in, 888-966-4776. Let's go back out to the phones. Tom in St. Louis, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Bobby, welcome back. Appreciate uh, it, I hope pal. you had a relaxing and enjoyable time off. And uh, James, how are you this evening? I'm great, Tom. Thanks. Thanks, thanks. Hey, Bobby, usually agree with most of what you say, but the comment about things being done only for greed in sport and things, I, I'm paraphrasing what you said. And the gentleman talking about Patrick Mosenry, I have never seen a sport out there where people do more on the day-to-day basis to help their competitors than in horse racing. I mean, you get older jockeys that mentor young jockeys all the time, not only at racetracks, but when, when riders come in to ride the Derby, people that are experienced with Churchill do a great job of helping them. I remember somebody told me a story one time of Pat Day would always tell riders that came to Churchill to ride in the Derby, look, when you start to make that turn for home, you start to need to start tapping that horse just a little bit with the whip because he's going to run into all the sound and all the whoosh that's going to face the grandstand when he comes in Derby Day. You know, they you don't see these home field advantages. Uh, you know, you have trainers that, hey, I, I you know, I'm going to – I'm going to another track. I got an extra spot on the trailer. Why don't you just throw your horse on with mine? Um, You know, borrowing equipment, borrowing this, borrowing that. You have things happen all the time in the sport that are done on a very selfish basis where the people in this sport rally together much more so than other sports. Um, And, and I mean, I think that truly for – 99.9% 99.9% of the people that are in this business, especially the ones that, you know, might not, you know, have the financial backing that some of the other people do. I think you truly see that. And I think that's what makes this sport great. Look how friendly at some of these smaller tracks are that people are when people come to, you know, see them and spend time with them. And kind of, you know, I, I, I don't mean that as a dig because I know that, you know, this is all about, the higher end people of the sport that have spent millions of dollars is what the what the premise was. But look at selfish athletes that are out there in other sports. You've got guys in baseball that won't drop down a bunt anymore to and sacrifice themselves to move a runner over or hit to the right side of the infield. You've got you know selfish football players that you know do what they do and look at the NBA with their load management where they don't care about the fans or anybody else. They're not going to play two games in a row, and so be it. Um, you know, in my cuts on the Baffert thing, I left an opinion last week. I'm not going to go back into it. CDI didn't have much of a choice because of what they have to do, you know, for integrity. But, you know, if Baffert would have just said after this happened, instead of every time that it happens, there's always an excuse. You know, if it wants, he would just say, look, you know, I made a mistake. We made a mistake in the barn. We did something that shouldn't have happened. Instead of always having some outlandish excuse, and you know, this is a forgiving world. And for the most part, if somebody comes out and says, "Look, I made a mistake, and something happened," whether it be, you know, if this uh, Jonathan Wong says this, or Blacker who got days, you know, the you know. For, for doing what he did and got 90 days and come back and say that, I think people will be a forgiving sport. Now, I know I don't say very much to support Baffert, but I will say this. I think the hatchet job that was done by the this 
California Labor Relations Board or whatever, but had the hearing and the fine because he didn't have the, the time clock or whatever. I saw that story three weeks ago. The same stuff they went after Chad Brown, the same stuff they went after all this. I think that's absolutely ridiculous because anybody that's any kind of a farm or agricultural industry, you could go after that with. And these states try to sensationalize by going after these trainers and claim that people are do this. These grooms get the at a high profile and working for these high profile barns, they know what they're getting into. So I rambled on. It's a lot to unpack. Sorry, but I appreciate y'all putting up with me. And Charles, I want to thank Charles in Mississippi. I did hear his kind words for me last week. I do appreciate that. And uh, hey, this is like, you know, this is all one big study session and we're all one big class. Anything we can do handicapping to help each other. It's a great thing about this sport. And by the way, just another example of how we're not selfish. Us betters help each other out in the paramutual field. I appreciate the call, Tom. Thanks so much. And uh, a lot of interesting thoughts. And as we say, as, as, as Tom says, James, sometimes we agree with one another and sometimes we disagree. And at this point, I think we're going to agree to disagree on this. But Tom makes some interesting points, and we appreciate the call as always, Tom. Thanks so much. Let's go back out to the phones. Paul in Connecticut, you're on the brisnet.com call-in show. Uh, Bobby and James, I haven't been uh, betting as much lately. And it's a mental exhaustion factor due to all the stuff that I. Oh, track. yeah. You, so- you sounded like you were like you were uh, wanting penance or something. Like you were in confession <laughs> well, yeah, or I, something. Well, yeah, I think uh, that's the way that started for, out. Look, it's therapeutic for me to call you guys after a guy who went on a long time because normally I'm a rambler, and I'll I'll make a couple points that you can comment on. I I don't want to cut it real quick. Um, in the '80s, and I think I mentioned it before, Frank DeFrancis made such effort to improve the game of Maryland racing that I remember Lucas was quoted when fast forward shipped in for a $40,000 allowance purse back then. I still remember reading it. Well, Andy Byer probably wrote the article and he always had these little giveaways that were almost humorous, like where you'd get a pie, a little four piece place setting. I have a lot of this stuff and it really was a fun festive atmosphere because of that man and there's no question he was thinking of the players and in the improvement of the sport and that's an example okay and i'll contrast that with saratoga where i've worked nine summers in the mutuals as a supervisor and i've been out at the shake shack supervising it's a party right and i know everybody up there and and uh it's a good time and I always, I was like celebrity because I'd come out and they go, "What time are we shutting down?" And I go, "Hey, I don't know. I mean, it depends." <laughs> you know, when Del, I would have to argue when Delmar is the, you know, the big races. It was, it was kind of fun, right? But the only thing about Saratoga that really bugged me, contrasting with the Francis, is they could have loosened up a little bit on these giveaways. I mean, people like I know how it works. You know, the the promotional stuff. And that makes it more fun, like stupid stuff that people do at a racetrack for fun, like throwing a T-shirt in the crowd. You know, I remember these things, and I think more of that stuff makes it more fun, okay? And it doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, On a more somber note regarding my betting, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you read Thoroughbred Daily News yesterday about the whole uh, CAW issue. Did you guys read that? Yes. I didn't. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. I encourage you to read it. Now, I'm a right. financial guy in CPA, and I do math in my head, okay? And this feeds into my discouragement of betting because I understand the numbers to the penny, okay? But I love the sport so much. And maybe a few months ago, you guys said, when we knew less, we were happier. And I was telling my buddy today, and it really is true, guys, that when I went to the racetrack and just experienced what I described with the Francis or a giveaway and had a hot dog and a beer going into Pimlico or Laurel, I was happier. Now that I know the true numbers, and that is a little off. I can tell you I know my numbers, okay? And, I, and I'm not here to, to bash the big betting shops. I'm simply saying knowing less makes it more fun in a way because I love watching races. And I, lo- you know, I will never 
and I took a lot of my recent time to avoid making bad betting decisions to keep my bankroll intact. And I bet a little bit in the last few days, but I have to get back to accepting that it is gambling, right? And Bobby, uh, you often say, you know, you're a dege- you're not a degenerate gambler. You, it's a, but we like saying that. And I, I kind of brag to my friends, like, oh, I bet horses, and they think, oh, you must be a loser. Well, I, I tell them the truth. I do lose, but I love it. And the last thing about you're not a degenerate, Bobby, because you're a golfer. And I'm going to tell you something. I was on my high school golf team, and I always use that when all these guys start golfing when they're 60. I go, I don't know. It doesn't. So you must be a pretty good golfer is my, my one question. Are you a, a low handicap guy? I am not. I'm a mid-handicap guy. Hmm. Well, you're pretty good, though, like 80s. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes 70s, you're, mostly 80s. You're a pretty good player. Well, now he's starting I to come closer to the truth. No, no, that's okay. Listen, I, they have handicaps. I, I, Everything's. I, I got to wrap this up. Of any job that I would want in retro, I used to say this. You're going to laugh. I I used to tell my friends I wanted to be Kent DeSormo because I saw him break in. Now I don't want to be Kent DeSormo for obvious reasons. But I'd love to be a mixture of you guys, an announcer and a handicap. It is the. I could get up every day at 5:30 if I and I wish I did my career over again. You guys did it right. <laughs> Maybe you got something out of that. Okay. I pre- we appreciate oh, it. Oh, definitely. Paul. Appreciate thank, it, Paul. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Love love the call from both Tom, love the call from Paul. And uh I started going to the race tra- the Preakness in the 90s and I've like met like Marylanders up there with, who said the exact same thing with like a, a, a admiration and so much respect for Frank DeFrancis. Yeah, and they have a great card, by the way, Saturday at Laurel, highlighted by the, the grade three General George and the grade three Barbara Fritchie, two great sprint stakes uh, on the main track there at Laurel. We'll be covering them as part of our weekend stakes preview uh, tomorrow night. But I know what Paul's talking about. I, I grew up in L.A. I'm a huge Dodgers fan. I know everyone hates the Dodgers now because they've spent a billion dollars on players. Um, but I liked it better when I was a kid just knowing that Garvey played first, Lopes played second, Russell played short, and Dron Say played third, and Don Sutton or somebody like that was on the mound. I didn't know how much they were making. I didn't know what year, how many years left they had in their contract. I just knew those were the guys who were playing. And, um, and then the more you dive into it and the more you know, the less that, you know, I, I don't need to know how many hundreds of millions of dollars they make, and I don't need to know how many years left and what kind of negotiations they're doing. I, you know, I just want to be a fan. And I, understand, uh, I understand where Paul's coming from on that. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, phone lines are open. Give us a call, 888-966-4776. We're also going to dive into that huge card Saturday at Fairgrounds and talk to James about who he likes and maybe get his best bet of the weekend. This is the brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, Sire Stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com slash APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why brisnet is the handicapper's edge. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races. Dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. 
Race to Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires. Download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to get the latest HRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Brisnet.com call-in show here on the Horse Racing Radio Network every Thursday evening, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm Bobby Newman along with James Scully. Your hour to call in and talk about whatever you want. In the world of thoroughbred racing, number to get in is 888-966-4776. James, huge card at fairgrounds this Saturday, of course, highlighted by some points qualifiers for both the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks and the Risen Star and the Rachel Alexandra. Let's talk about those two big stakes. You kind of uh, tiptoed around it earlier. Uh, The Risen Star, I think, is a really, really good field this year. We can't say that every year for some of the uh, Kentucky Derby trail races down at fairgrounds, but this year, the Risen Star, I think, has easily come up the toughest we've seen thus far. No doubt about it. We've got some horses coming back. Uh, namely, I'll start with Sierra Leone. He's listed at four to one, but he's he's going to be the favorite, in my estimation. Uh, he's a two point three million dollar yearling who looks like a big, strapping, imposing beast every time he sets foot on the track. And he won his debut at Aqueduct, and then ran a nose uh, second to uh, Dornick in the uh, Remsen. So he's coming back for Chad Brown, adding blinkers. Honorary Kentucky Jockey Club uh, winner, Real Man Violin was a runner-up in there. Obviously, Catching Freedom has been a big favorite, and all three stars for Brad Cox and exits a win in the Smarty Jones Stakes at uh, at um, Oakland Park. You got Resilience for Belmont, a horse a little bit intriguing. Hall of Fame uh, comes off a 10-length maiden win for Asmussen, a $1.3 million great-looking uh, individual with like some upside. And then Track Phantom. Um, track Phantoms coming off of uh, wins in the Gunrunner and the Comp, looking to go on and add the Risen Star. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of horses at fairgrounds like Gunrunner, uh, War of Will, um, Epicenter. Uh, to me, they all had tactical speed. They all got stronger in each and every stakes when they recorded. And I think Track Phantom has that look. Uh, I'm not picking him for the Louisiana Derby at a mile and three sixteenths for the Kentucky Derby at 10 furlongs. I'm picking him for this mile and eighth race on Saturday. And I give him the edge over all these horses that are coming back off a lengthy layoff uh, and uh, who uh, lack stakes experience. Uh, you know, War of Will won for by like five lengths at, from post 13, and he wasn't setting the pace, but he was sitting second. Track Phantoms in post 11, but the horses in post one through six have no speeds whatsoever. So he's essentially in post six. And I think he'll get a good trip into the first turn, Bobby. All right, the race prior to the Risen Star, race 13, is the Rachel Alexandra. And we've got a nice field of seven gathering in this race, some uh, well-seasoned stakes-caliber runners, and the intriguing comebacker for Kenny McPeak, VV's Dream, who, for lack of a better word, was just awful in the rags to riches the last time we saw her on a sloppy track. Uh, But her previous races in the Alcibiades and the Pocahontas certainly make her look like a serious three-year-old filly. People, you know, she's a little bit of a buzz horse, too. I mean, she trains impressively in the morning. I was a little surprised to see her 5-2 to two because this race has Intricate, who was a real, I think, impressive winner of the Golden Rod last late, late, late November for uh, Brendan Walsh, who had pretty mischievous role through these races last year. Alpine Princess is coming back off of a really nice win in the Silver Bullet Day for Brad Cox who then had her stable mate, West, West Omaha, come back and win um, – 
the uh, or actually uh, Alpine Princess won the uh, Untappable, and then uh, West Omaha won the uh, Silver Bullet Day. Both those Phillies look like they could be really good, and and you even have like a uh, Philly like uh, uh, this Tarifa for Brad Cox, you know, who's going to Stace Company, and you know could be a could be a nice Philly. So I I really thought. I thought the top three were real strong, top uh, four or five, uh, all, uh, you know, real interesting fillies. If you're somebody that likes VV's dream, what do you think is a fair price on her Saturday? Oh, I mean. Now, I'm not asking I you would what want, price I, I would think she, I, Not what two. price will she be, but what price yeah. do you think is fair? I think like four to one. I mean, I think she, I don't think she's got, I, I think she's in trouble at that distance against these fillies. Uh, we'll see. I, I think she's going to be on the engine and, you know, she's going to be out there, you know, showing high speed and they're going to have to run her down. But, uh, I'm a little bit dubious of her at a mile and a 16th distance, uh, Bobby. All right. Huge 14 race card on Saturday. Other graded stakes include the mine shaft, which is a phenomenally evenly matched field of nine going in race 11. The grade three fairground stakes on the turf looks like about nine or 10 of the runners on their day have a chance at winning. There's also races like the Al stall and the Colonel power earlier in the day. Uh, where is your best bet of the weekend, James? It's in race three. Before I get to that, yeah, you you referenced those stakes. They're all like big fields, uh, races 10, 11, and 12. And race two kicks off also a $500,000 all stakes uh, guaranteed uh, pick five sequence. Race three is an entry-level allowance race at a mile and a 16th. You got Nash in there who was favored over Track Phantom and the LeCompte and gets bet off the board in every race. This Tuscan Sky X, it's a really sharp maiden win, a front-running maiden win for Pletcher at uh, Goldstream Park. And, um, you know, even this Count Dracula, I think he has, she has, uh, he has speed. I think you're going to get a contested pace uh, up there. I love number one, Ethan Energy. He's 9-2 to two on the morning line. He didn't break well in the, Le- in the LeCompte, and it cost him but I think he gained valuable seasoning running fourth in that race. And I think he'll move forward significantly in his second start versus winners for Brad Cox. I love this maiden win two back. Like I said, that, that, that fourth place effort, you know, track fan, Phantom, uh, Phantom drilled him. Uh, I'm not too worried about him running fourth. I think he still has a big upside and I like him to run by all these horses in the stretch of the race. Number three at a little bit of a bigger price. I'll mention real quick, Bobby in the uh, fairgrounds, grade three race 12. I like number four rising empire at 12 to one has not broke, did not break well last time. Didn't have the best trip with Luis Saez. Isaias comes right back on him. I think he uh, breaks better, gets a better trip, and runs a lot better. So I got the uh, Rising Empire in the uh, fairground stakes. And Ethan Energy in race number three is the best bet of the weekend. All right, let's go yes. back out to the phones. Shane in North Carolina, you're on the Brisnet.com call-in show. Hey, Bobby and James, how's it going? Hey, Shane, how are you? I'm doing well. Hope you guys are. I just, just joined in, so I'm, I'm sure you guys have already covered the Risen Star, um, you're, I, I, I just can't get off of the, the two Asimovian forces, you know, with Hall of Fame and Track Phantom. I just feel like one of those two, I mean, I know they're, the, you know, some of the best speed horses in the race, but they're going to be there. I mean, you got to think, though, that Hall of Fame is going to be fully cranked, you know, to get the points and, and, and get in, you know, on track for the Derby. just want to get your guys' thoughts on those two horses and um, – we haven't, outside of Mandaloon getting put up a couple of years ago, the Risen Star, correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't produced the Derby winner. Is this year's Derby winner in this race? What do you guys think? All right, great question. So uh, he just jumped in. Thanks, Shane, for calling. Uh, he wants to know your opinion of both the Asmussen runners, James, and if you think this year's Kentucky Derby winner might be in the Risen Star this year. I mean, he might be. I don't know. It's been February. If you had, to, if I had to make it a, a call, I'd say no. But I think I'd say that for every race. I hate to say it, Shane. Great question. I think the uh, Hall of Fame. I mean, he couldn't look, couldn't have looked more promising win by ten lengths. He sat just off the speed and pounce. But um, you know, it'd be he could show he could be a little bit forward in the the in the risen star and get a good trip. Uh, the 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 one thing that was really interesting about those two horses is that. Joel Rosario opted off of uh, Phantom 
uh, track phantom and the gun runner for risk it he jumped back on track phantom and the comp and then rosario was on hall of fame when he broke his mate on in the undercard and that was a horse i thought had a bigger upside of the two i thought he might stick with hall of fame but he's going to ride hall uh track phantom and santana's going with hall of fame i agree with you about that horse being very interesting and i think those asmussen runners uh, both have a big chance my issue with sierra leone is i want to bet him down the road potentially but i want no part of him in a short price Uh, he was being hustled the entire way in the remsen did not respond because he just could not run in the opening stages he's 10th i see him either last or next to last early yeah, maybe he makes a good run for second or third or fourth, but uh, I'm against Sierra Leone. Shane, thanks for the question. All right, let's get one more call before the break. Steve in New York, welcome to the brisnet.com call-in show. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Hey, Steve. So, two things. One, I'm happy to see the owners are starting to align and realize they've got the power, right? Not only the... Bafford owners, but also Rapoli with uh, him calling out Stuart Janney in the Jockey Club. And the owners are being more vocal now. You know, uh, the two most powerful entities in this industry are the gamblers and the owners. Without them, you, there's no game. Um, and the gamblers are too, uh, too large, too far apart, too fragmented. They can't be united. But the owners, they're a smaller group, very powerful. They can do it. So it looks like they're starting to do it now, like I said, with the Poli and, and the Baffert owners. So uh, I think that's a good thing, and I think that's going to lead to some real change down the road. That's one. Two, the question I have, you know, this is the slippery slope. I have a question for you guys, and I'll hang up. Slippery slope with Churchill, right? So they made this whole big deal about Baffert banning him, even past his two-year expense, suspension. We know all this. But Fairgrounds is a Churchill property. You know, I don't care that Fairgrounds is, or Louisiana is not – in alignment with HISA, you know, they have the ability to ban Wong as well, and they won't do it. Now, the question I have is, one, do you agree that's a slippery slope and they put themselves in a tough spot? And two, I don't understand the HISA thing, and maybe, I don't know if you guys know it either, but I'm curious. I know that Texas didn't agree to the HISA uh, legislation, and they don't get their signal carried anymore. Like, I can't bet Sam Houston. So if Louisiana doesn't, how come we can bet fairgrounds? I'm confused by that. Um, and that's really, and I can hang up and, and listen to you guys. All right. Appreciate the call, Steve. And I wish I had a better answer for you uh, for this, but it's just state by state. And these are actually Texas rules, not federal rules is that are governing, I think, uh, what Texas is allowed to do. Um, and Louisiana just has different set of rules and, you know, they're, they, like Texas, think that Heisa is unconstitutional and they don't want to abide by it, and that's that. As far as the uh, – I, I, I don't want you to get too involved with this, James, because I know that you work for Churchill, um, but we mentioned that the slippery slope about trainer Jonathan Wong and him being banned by two years by Heisa, mm-hmm. but uh, technically allowed to race at tracks in Louisiana because they are not, uh, not going uh, racing under the Heisa rules, and uh, Steve wondering why Churchill Downs – Uh, would allow him to run at their track fairgrounds. I'm going to tell you this, Steve, whether they say it or not, not all tracks and states are in agreement with HISA. They are abiding by HISA because they are forced to do so or they think it's in their better interest to do so, but they may not agree with everything that Heist is doing. And unless Jonathan Wong has specifically done something wrong at a Churchill-owned property – um, you know, they don't really have something that, you know, it, it, it's not like, uh, you know, I, 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 I just I, I don't know the correct answer for this. I'm, I'm trying to I think the Louisiana stewards would need to come in and suspend them in a sense is what like would be the punitive action, to, you know, may, perhaps. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe, all the but details. that but that would be. But, you know, most most places have. Or the Louisiana Racing Commission that or, would be or whatever. It, yeah, because the stewards are acting on behalf of the track. Yeah, There's that's usually, what I meant, not the every place, commission. but usually one state steward, two track yeah. stewards. There's sometimes it's I, backwards, and in New York they have one, one, and, and I, one. Um, but, I thought uh, that was a good point about the owners and trainers because, you know, Steve made a good point. The betters, you know, they, 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 they generate the purses. All the purses are generated by handle, and then the owners, you know, they – 
by all the horses that run at those in those races. And uh, uh, the betters are too fragmented and too diverse. But the owners, I mean, even if Rapoli doesn't succeed, maybe the next person behind him who tries to take up the torch does because uh, of his efforts. So I, I do think that that's a real uh, interesting move that uh, could perhaps long term have positive uh, effects, uh, Bobby. Hey. It's it'd be nice if they were working together, and it's nice that some of them are raising up. The fact of the matter is, is that the game would the game wouldn't be the same without the betters. The game obviously wouldn't be the same without owners. The game wouldn't be the same without the horses. Game wouldn't be the same without the breeders. Game wouldn't be the same without the places for the horses to race the racetrack. <laughs> uh, All so, right. Uh, yeah, so it's an interesting point. We appreciate the call, Steve, and thanks, Shane, for calling in as well. All right, got to take one last break. Come back. Still time for one or two more calls. 888-966-4776. Brisnet.com call-in show on HRRN. This is the Brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call call now. 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Do you want unlimited access to handicapping without exorbitant prices? Then Brisnet.com has you covered with a variety of plans for past performances, pedigree, and raw data. Brisnet.com performance plan covers unlimited PDF past performances for just $85 per month and is available at Brisnet.com slash plans. American Produce Records Online puts the pedigrees of nearly 1 million dams and more than 2 million foals at your fingertips. Plus, Sire Stats for only $275 per year and is available at brisnet.com APR. The brisnet.com data plan offers unlimited access to race day data files, perfect for handicappers with their own database or to plug into other people's programs. The data plan is $125 per month. Visit brisnet.com for all this information and more and discover why Brisnet is the handicapper's edge. Race the Twin Spires, where you can unlock a $25 risk-free bet. Just use the code HRRN25 when you sign up. And if your first bet doesn't win, Twin Spires will refund your account up to $25. Wagering on the app is fast with free pass performances, insider picks, and power plays every day you wager. Twin Spires, download the app today to earn your $25 risk-free bet. Void were prohibited. For terms and conditions, visit TwinSpires.com. Must be 18 or older, 21 and older where applicable. For help with a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Don't miss a minute of the action now through April with Thoroughbred Stakes Racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There's something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. And of course, we're the place for live music and great drink specials every Friday, along with delicious dining and the best Sunday brunch around. So race in for all the excitement at Houston's best bet for fun and entertainment. Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. Hey, this is Bobby Newman. Join me every Friday afternoon to dive deep into handicapping the races. We'll cover the live action from some of the biggest tracks in the country, talk to some of the major players in the game, and hopefully make a little money along the way. You can also call the show to share your opinions, ask a question or two, or maybe just vent about some bad beats. It's Betting with Bobby every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius 162, XM 207, online channel 999, or streaming live at horseracingradio.net. This is the brisnet.com call-in show. The phone lines are open. Call now, 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. Welcome back. Short final segment here on the brisnet.com. Colin, show Bobby Newman, James Scully. James, any specials this week at Brisnet and Twin Spires? Yeah, I mean, Brisnet, you know, as well as past performances, data files, uh, expert analysis, and, and more. Uh, it's a, you watch out for the social uh, sites. They'll have PPs for the uh, uh, Risen Star, uh, Rachel Alexandra, as well as Pool 4, the Kentucky Derby Future Wager is this weekend. You get, like, past performances, uh, you know, through Bristnet. So check out Bristnet.com for any handicapping uh, products, their needs. Uh, Twinspires.com has, like, several promotions surrounding this uh, card at Fairgrounds. Um, it has, like, a profit boost on the Risen Star. It's going to have money back on select races, uh, $2,500 hit it and split it, and then much, much more. So go to the offers page. Make sure you opt in. 
TwinSpires.com. A caller earlier referenced Bobby, well, you know, uh, about like uh, Mandaloon, but I think I asked a little bit about like the impact there is and stars had. And I will just say that in the last seven runnings of the race, it's had two horses that have, you know, are the, the derby winners uh, in Country House and Mandaloon, both ran in it. It's produced a runner up in Epicenter and a third place finisher in Gunrunner and a Preakness winner in War of Will. So as far as Triple Crown, I mean, even, you know, horses like uh, uh, Hot Rod Charlie placed in multiple Triple Crown races after running there uh, in the Risen Star. So that race has had a bunch of, uh, has had some impact on the uh, uh, Triple Crown in recent years. You mentioned that the uh, 4th Kentucky Derby Future Pool uh, opens this weekend. In fact, it opens tomorrow at, noo- at uh, noon, goes to 6 p.m. on Sunday. What a difference uh, a few weeks makes. Uh, you get a bad performance by Fierceness in his mm-hmm. first race of the year. You get uh, Nisos not, uh, now officially ineligible to run in the Kentucky Derby, whereas we all probably thought that he would be transferred to somebody's barn uh, by the end of January where he'd be able to earn points. And now you have Locked, who's the 10-to-1 you know, individual favorite coming off a missed race and a supposed elevated temperature and missed work that we don't know anything about. We don't know when he's going to run. Boy, this is a wide-open pool now. If Locke doesn't get back to the work tab after Pletcher said initially when he was skipping the race and going to sh- send a gate road there, uh, he said, I hope to get him back to the work tab this weekend. He- he's going to need at least another work. Um, so if he didn't get back this weekend, then it's like a definite huge red flags. Um, yeah, the um, um, the what was the other part of your thing with? Oh, yeah. As far as the betting goes, they had to make a warning line in there. Mike Battaglia did. But they might as well just said, hey, watch the Risen Star on Saturday and the favorite, and you know, is going to come out of that race. That race is going to have a huge impact, I think, on the way the betting goes over the weekend in Pool 4, the Kentucky Derby Future Wager. All right, we're right up against the end of the show. Before we go, though, I got an email, somebody asking what happens in these Derby and Oaks qualifiers uh, where Baffert wins the race, but the horse isn't eligible. And they were specifically asking about uh, Kinza and Copian, and the race would be worth 20 points to Kinza if she was eligible, and Copian got 10 for finishing second. Does Copian now get the 20 points because the winner isn't eligible, or does Cop- that 20 points just goes to nobody and Copian gets 10 for second? Yeah, it just goes to nobody. Uh, the runner-up doesn't pick him up if the horse is ineligible. Uh, it's, it just doesn't matter. I mean, you're going to get that situation as well uh, with horses that uh, are, you know, are nominated. They're not going to give them the points, but they're not going to just give them away to somebody else. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just Copian got 10. Uh, I thought that was a respectable runner-up effort considering Kinza, who looks real good, uh, led all the way in a short field. I did think Copia tried to make a little bit of a runner at her on the far turn and in the stretch. And while Kinza had more left in reserve because she's a classy filly, uh, I thought that was a good race to build upon for Copian. All right. Well, it's, uh, it's been a fun return. Uh, to the brisnet.com call and show certainly appreciate uh, everyone who called in as well as all of the listeners and i love getting to hear uh you walk both sides of the line my friend i never get enough of you answering tough questions uh by kind of circling you know around the issue it's 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 so politically perfect i i i wish that that you would run for office i'd vote for you immediately Bobby, I wish, uh, you know, my wife could hear all your praise for me because I'm just not getting any of that from anybody else. But thank you so much. Well, I mean, listen, this at least this week we didn't nobody said anything about that. You owe them some sort of food or drink item or uh, you know, wants to make some side wager on this. So, uh, you know, they're laying they're get they're they're letting you have a little time off. I think there is what you it go. is before they dig back in. But uh, as you said, I think we're going to have a clearer idea of both the Oaks and the Derby picture after this weekend. It's a nice, evenly matched field in the Rachel Alexandra. I don't think there are any standouts in that race. I think it's a very strong field in the Risen Star where there are four or five runners who really would not surprise me at all if they got the job done. I'm looking forward to a fantastic card on Saturday at Fairgrounds, my friend. Me too. Enjoyed the show, Bobby. 
All right, for our producer, Lee Delapina, my co-host, James Scully, I'm Bobby Newman. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. A reminder, tomorrow, betting with Bobby, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, live action from Aqueduct, Fairgrounds, Gulfstream, Santa Anita, and Oaklawn. And then we've got the weekend stakes preview from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. That wraps it up tonight. Have a great evening, everybody.